Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the vlogcast. Um, I am your host, Igumu and Michelle, and today is um, officially it's day 45 of our Bible in Year challenge, but as you might have noticed, um, it's day 44 stroke 45 because I will be covering um, the chapters of the day for day 45 and 44 in this episode. So I decided to combine the two because they center around um, pretty much the same theme and if I separated them each, it would have been really short. So I just decided to combine both of them and share my reflections on that today. Hopefully, you guys still went on to read your chapters of the day, yesterday and today. So um, we'll just be diving right in. We are still on our journey, taking readings from the book of Exodus, Leviticus, and Psalm. That is Exodus chapter 27, 28, and 29, Leviticus chapter 20 and 21, and then Psalms 119. Finally, we will be concluding the longest psalm in the Bible, Psalm 119 today. So um, the theme uh, of my reflection today is priesthood um, as you might have noticed um exodus and leviticus pretty much um, talked about the priesthood of priests in the old covenant we saw um the detailed description of the clothing that the um high priest um which the first high priest which was aaron and then his sons were to wear um when they were in worship when they were offering sacrifices to God and when they were carrying out their duties as priests. But there is something that was um, repeated. There, there, is, there is a phrase that was said constantly while this description of their clothing was going on, which is um, for beauty and glory. And we'll see that especially, I think, chapters 27 and 28, we would see um, that phrase being repeatedly um, stated. And I would like to note that in the Catholic Church, we see it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's a glaring characteristic of the Catholic way of worship that the priest wears a different garment, a different cloth from the rest of the congregation. His cloth is quite special, even that of the other servants, but his cloth especially is special. They like different layers of clothing. The designs are intricate. Um, the colors also match the colors on the altar. And then the colors change with seasons in the Catholic Church. There are seasons for red, purple, white, green, and so forth and so on. And I, I do understand that sometimes it might be seen as though that the fact that the priest is wearing a different cloth is just like to show that he is more closer to God in quotes or he is incredibly special or um, I'm looking for the perfect word or he's different I mean he's actually different but I mean what I'm saying in actual or in plain terms of that sometimes we might mistake the fact that the priest is wearing those clothes to make it seem that he's standing out or he's better than all of us at mass and so this phrase that 
is being repeated for beauty and for glory is just um a pointer to the fact that those clothes that were being described that is for Aaron and his sons and the old covenant were not to show how better they were than everyone else it was more of a pointer to the beauty and to the glory of God that they were worshiping and offering sacrifices to so in those times they were the only ones allowed to offer sacrifices burnt offerings sin offerings and the rest of the offerings that we've been reading over the past couple of days and the fact that they worshiped such a holy god and his glory was just around the temple and the place of worship he was literally with them in the holy of holies um speaking with them right on, on top of the ark of covenant at the mercy seat so the fact that they were in such close proximity they were the closest in terms of physical distance to god um than the israelites and the other israelites so the fact that they were in that space and they had that opportunity to be with god it also had to affect the way they dressed because i mean they are coming to god take for instance you get a call that your dream job the company that you'd love kind of calls you back for an interview after submitting your application would you would you wear pajamas to go to your interview of course not if you'd wear pajamas to go to your interview then you need to you need to set your life straight that that's what you need to do <laughs> on on a serious note um no you would not wear your pjs you would look for your best professional clothes if you don't have any that even suit you you'll go as far as going to buy just to make sure you fit the part but in this case it wasn't them dressing to fit the part of offering sacrifices to god it was more so that the fact that they were in that close proximity with god their dressing was to show and reflect the glory and the beauty of the god that they worshiped of god who they worshiped so that was that was the whole essence and that's still the same um rule or law that kind of applies in the catholic church with priests dressing different it's not to show how better they are than everyone or the fact that god loves them more or they're special super special is to show the beauty and the glory of god is to reflect the beauty and the glory of god and now speaking of glory so that's the outer um garment but there was there's a verse that really stuck out to me i don't know where i saw that verse i think it was yesterday but it says that um i don't know exactly where i, I told you guys i have this very bad <laughs> bad character i remember verses very plainly but i don't know how to like cite them so most of the time when when a verse just like comes to me i i quickly google it up so i'll probably google it up and then put it in the description box but this is what the verse says and it says that um you have chosen me no i think i think no it was god speaking yeah god said um i have chosen you as my servant so that you will reflect my glory i have chosen you as my servant so that you will reflect my glory and so now speaking of glory not physical clothing 
garment kind of glory now we're speaking of the glory that our life reflects and so as members of the real priesthood now in the new covenant there is no longer um, that physical distance or physical proximity when it comes to worshiping and offering sacrifices to god because we've all been called to be children of god we've all been called to belong to the church and the church is the bride of jesus christ and everybody that belongs to the church is a priest in their own way because we are all called to offer the sacrifice of our lives to offer the sacrifice in union with jesus who is offering himself on the cross so we offer the sacrifice of our lives sacrificing what we love the most sacrificing our fears our worries pretty much laying everything down in union with jesus who is the head who is the um, high priest offering the sacrifice of his life to god the father so in our own way we are all priests and so how how has your life reflected the glory of god if we can just do a quick one minute um throwback in our minds um looking at our past lives um over the past week or pretty much in the past three days do you remember um in any way do you remember a single instance that your life has reflected the glory of god like what what comes to mind i feel like if if we are having a hard time figuring that out then we know that there is something wrong and we're not living the we're not living up to the purpose that we've been called we're not fulfilling what we've been called to do because every single day just like the priest garments reflect the glory of god our lives as priests in our own way is also to reflect the glory of god our lives and everything happening to us our journey from the time we were born to the time we we're going to die is the living testimony that is supposed to bring people to god and it's supposed to worship God. It's pretty much our sacrifice. Like I said, as priests, we are offering the sacrifice of our lives. That is the way we bring glory to God. By doing what he wants us to do and walking in that path. And through our life, other people are also being called to this same purpose. And so this is um, a time to kind of reflect and also make a resolve um, moving forward. This is still the first month of the year. It's, it's still like a fresh start. It is a new beginning to make new um, resolutions. And that as we make those resolutions, one of the major ones we should make is the fact that I want my life to reflect the glory of God. Not my own glory. I don't want it to reflect my own wins or my own successes or my own victories. I want it to reflect the strength, the intelligence, the wisdom, the power. I want it to reflect the glory of God. And that is one of the most outstanding things you can do for yourself because that is one of our purpose on this earth. That is that is one of the things we are called to. And so if your life doesn't bring glory to God, it's just like 
you as an inventor you okay you invent a phone right you make and create a phone i mean the phone the main purpose of a phone is to call and to send messages and then you have like other functions but like those are the two main things and then so you invent this phone and the phone doesn't even switch on like it can't even charge it doesn't even switch on not to talk of trying to put a call through so to you as an inventor that phone is quite a failure it hasn't met up to the expectations it hasn't done what it was created for it's practically useless you're going to try to work on it again um probably debug it and find out what's not functioning well and try to fix the issue same way it is with us as creations of god as children of god that have been called to reflect the glory of god when we fail to do that when our lives fail to do that our life is practically useless i don't know about you but i don't want to live a useless life (laughs) not with all the things i've been through i don't want any of my struggles to be in vain and so this is one of the major resolve we should be making as we are moving into this new year and so moving on another thing i'd like to talk on is um the way of life of priests and so um in exodus that is uh, exodus chapter 28 practically talks about the ordination of priests and um how they lay their hands on animals and then animals are slaughtered and then blood is sprinkled and sprayed and then it makes them holy because now their sins have been taken away and then also in the book of leviticus uh, it shows um or it depicts um certain boundaries for the kind of women priests are allowed to marry pretty much priests are only or were in those days were only allowed to marry um virgins no women that have been divorced no women that have been widowed no women that have been harlots only virgins because those women were like they were not defiled so that was in that time like in now now presently um catholic priests i don't know about priests in other like um parts of christianity but like catholic priests are not even allowed to get married and so i had this discussion with somebody right and it was all about how um catholic priests were supposed to be or remain celibate for like the rest of their lives as well as reverend sisters and pretty much the clergy and then the person I was um discussing with was talking about how it wasn't right because the old um covenant priest um got married and like having to tell or having to dictate to priests that they have to remain unmarried to worship God or to be ordained priest is like forcing the forcing a law or forcing a rule down their throats. And I was coming from the side of um you know what if you if you feel like remaining celibate is too much of a sacrifice for you to offer you feel like it's it's just too much that you can't do it i don't i don't think in the first place that you are capable enough to handle the responsibility that comes with being a priest and i feel like one of the reasons that um the church kind of um made that rule is that they want to kind of rule out all um pathways for distractions of course 
getting married having children building a family comes with so many responsibilities and distractions and that would probably um be a major factor in derailing so many people from doing the actual work of priests so i guess just to make things easier just to make them more focused on what they're called to do the church kind of rule that out so if you're going to be ordained priest then the only family you are going to have is the family of the church is the family of the priests you're worshiping god with and as well the um other members of the church and so i mean i think this is only i mean i'm a roman catholic so i don't know about other denominations but i know in the roman catholic church all priests are to remain celibate but i read somewhere that in some other catholic churches actually there are still other types of catholic churches um it's not just the roman catholic apparently it's like other catholic churches some i think they do allow priests to get married i think i'm sure in anglican priests get married i don't know but anyways the bottom line is not whether priests get can get to marry or not or if it's right for priests to marry or not that's not what i'm trying to um talk about what i'm talking about is the fact that there is a sacrifice why to remain holy the whole point of um priests not being allowed to marry a woman that was um already married or was divorced in the old covenant was because they were to remain holy because of the um delicacy or how delicate their role as priests was in those times and even now the whole point of priests in the roman catholic church um being um, told to abstain from marriage is to remain holy not that marriage on um, people that are married makes you unholy but i hope you get the point i don't want to go too deep into that because I'm, I'm not really sure about the specifics so i don't want to talk about something i don't know but anyways what i'm talking about is that we also as people that have been called to the royal priesthood are to remain holy because god says that you are to be holy just as I, your God, am holy. And so sometimes we feel like this call to be holy is, is, too, is too high for us to reach. And that's when you hear people talking about, you know what, everybody, nobody's perfect. Um, God wants us or God accepts us with our sins and um we're not we're not we're not supposed to do everything perfectly i mean yeah that's there there is some truth in that there is um there's a lot of truth in that in the fact that um god um accepts us as we are and wants us to come as we are and nobody's perfect but what that shouldn't be like an excuse to the fact that we are called to be holy that is a call i don't think that's like negotiable and then, so how do we go about it if we as humans, in our true nature, we are not holy? How, how, do we at, how do we even dream of attaining that holiness that God has? And how we do that is to ask for his help. Because the call doesn't change, the circumstances doesn't change, time doesn't change that call. But what we can change is how we approach that call. Do we just fall back and just make up excuses for ourselves? Like, you know what? There is no way I can go through a day without sinning. And so, like, God accepts me like that and God loves me. And then that's that's about that. But, or do we, do we take up that challenge and take it to God and ask for his help 
to attain that. I I was listening to a podcast right before I recorded this podcast, and it was talking about how um he asked the 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 host of the podcast asked um what is the difference between a good person and a saint, and the host responded that the difference was God or is God. The difference between a good person and a saint is God because anybody can be a good person like an atheist can be a good person um people that are in other religions can be a good person they can practically do things that are morally good just because it feels right but a saint doesn't just do good things they do things in line with what God has called them to do and so God is the major difference and they're not just called good people they're called holy people God included in that is what makes it holy is what makes them holy is what makes their lives holy and so if we if we've been called to this same holiness i think it makes perfect sense that we ask the teacher we ask the in fact we ask the person that is holiness himself for help and so today we um also concluded on Psalms 119 and the last verse is a very very powerful verse because it kind of sums everything up of <laughs> what we really need to live up to this call and that is verses 176 at the end of all this long story at the le- end of this long psalm the last verse kind of sums everything up and it says I wander about like a lost sheep. So come and look for me, your servant, because I have not neglected your laws. If you've been following on this chapter, we've seen different parts. We've seen the part of um, how David talks about how he loves God's laws, uh, how he writes God's law on his heart so that he doesn't derail from it, how he thinks about it day and night, how he does every good thing. But now, here, we kind of see how he just accepts that on his own, by his own power, he will never be able to reach that height of holiness that God is calling him to. And so this verse is just like a verse of surrender. You know what, God, regardless of how much I think I can get it right, regardless of how many how much work I put into this, Regardless of how many times I make resolutions and resolves, I will, I will never be able to attain that without your help. And so God, come and seek me out. Come and find me. And that should be our prayer every single day. I know the Bible also says that um, we, we should seek the Lord and we'll find him. We should um, search and we will see him. We should ask and we should receive but the funny thing is that if God does not come and seek us out, bruh, you can be searching all you want. <laughs> you can go around the earth three times, multiple times. You can go to space and come back. You will not find God if he does not show himself to you. But the good thing is God wants to show himself to you. He is super willing to show himself to you so much so that he is right now at the door of your heart waiting for you to open up he says i am knocking on the door anyone who hears and listens and open up 
I will come in and eat with him and he will eat with me. And so like every single obstacle that keeps us, every single excuse that we might have for not being able to attain this holiness has been removed because God wants to work with us on this. He wants to teach us. He wants to help us. He wants to guide us. So as um, priests that we've been called to in our own way to this, uh, to this call of priesthood that um, we've been called, um, three major things we should take note is the fact that our lives are supposed to reflect the glory of God. We are to be holy just as God is holy. And if we are to fulfill the first two, to reflect God's glory and to be holy, we need God's help. We need God to seek us out and find us because we cannot do it by our own power. And so that is the message of today. Um, I hope you've learned. I hope you learned something like I've learned. I've learned a lot. And so I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place. Have an amazing and blessed Sunday.